Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, guys. Welcome back to another super speed rific cosmic tastic juggernaut horrific episode of Fan Holes Comics. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your Funhouse Mirror hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I am here with two of my fellow weird looking. Funhouse mirror fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everyone know who is here tonight? Sub dogs, it's Mike. Hey, this is Justin. All right. So yeah, so so we're here tonight. We're here to be talking some some good old comic book stories from the spinner rack. And of course, as we tend to do, we're going in chronological order. So I'm going to turn it over to Justin. Justin's in the hot seat, and he's going to tell us what issue he brought to discuss tonight, and then we will discuss it. I brought The Flash, number 292. It has a cover date of December 1980. The story is called Mirror, Mirror Off the Wall, written by Carrie Bates and penciled by Don Heck. The DC Wiki simply states... The Flash must fight Mirror Master even though his body is reversed by a trick mirror. <laughs> Which kind of leads me to go like, what is it with mirrors? Like, I feel like when I was a little kid, it was always like something about mirrors. Like, like especially like Bloody Mary. Like, I, I, I can remember being like a really little kid going to like kindergarten and everyone was like, oh, whatever you do, don't say Bloody Mary three times in the mirror or something will get you. And we were all like, that's not real and then uh, half the other class was like oh no it's it's true like my you know my cousin's friend like uh, she got scratched by bloody mary and they took her to the hospital <laughs> it's like I, I don't know but it seems like when i was a kid it was always something weird with mirrors and i i read i read this comic when i was really young it i don't know if it was my first flash comic but it it must have been first or second or third but yeah i flash is one of my favorite dc comics characters ever and I feel like I don't get to talk about him and his adventures and his comics very often on the show. So I yeah, made yeah. sure to pick out Flash. I'm pretty sure the first time I read this was in my cousin's basement. And I, I'm pretty sure I told this story before, but like whenever I would go see relatives, I would get bored and I would venture down to the basement. But it, actually, actually getting to the basement 
was kind of scary because like no matter if you went downstairs or if you went through the garage there was like this this like abyss of darkness in between like before you got to like the 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 room where there was actually like a stove and you know furniture and stuff it, it, it was like i mean it was super scary for like a little kid because it was just like walking into nothingness like there wasn't a light switch i could reach or anything and there was all like kind of weird stuff hanging off the walls like tools and you know like old christmas decorations so like in the darkness you see like half of santa claus's head but you don't know it's santa claus like you're you're kind of like freaked out but like i would always like i would either just run through the darkness or i would just kind of like close my eyes and stick my arms out and feel for like the next door frame but anyway like once i got into that furnished room like it, it was great because my cousin kind of outgrew all his toys and just left them there so there was like tons of he-man toys and thundercat stuff there were there were some comics I, I don't think he was like a big comics reader but you know like he he had a nice little stack and i'm pretty sure this was in that stack so i i wanted to try and kind of come back and find this issue and i i like this issue i haven't read it in i don't know 27 years or something but i like it and it kind of the story kind of makes me think of like early Silver Age stories because all the early Silver Age Flash stories, it's like they're they're a little wacky and like most early Silver Age DC stuff, there's always some kind of like little there's like a trick or something that the writer wants the reader to pick up on. It's like you know, be aware, readers, like there's method to this madness. Can you figure out what's going on with the Flash? And eventually, you know, in this story, it's like. The Flash manages to un to to re reverse his problem, and he like puts on a like fake reversed symbol on his suit to like fake out the Mirror Master. And like I remember when I was a little kid, I was just like, wait, what? Mir- mirrors can reverse your body? I don't know, like like I don't know, just weird weird stuff like that. I'm like, wow, where what are mirrors? How do mirrors even work? I think it took me a few readings as a kid to figure out, like, oh, like, this is the panel, like, you know, this is where, like, the Flash put on his little, like, reversed uh, symbol to fake out out the Mirror Master. But, yeah, like, I love the Flash. I have a lot of affection for Flash comics from this era. Had either of you read this comic before? Negative. I I have not read this comic before. So this is, this is one of, I I think if, unless, unless I read the, um, uh, and I'm like, and damn you, sir, we're not covering the Firestorm backup story. But yeah, I might I might have read the Firestorm backup story, but I, I don't think I've done any deep dives on Mirror Master yet. So I assume I would have gotten to it eventually. Like, but I, I can't I was trying to think like because because I, I feel like early in my reading, you know, because and, and I think you guys are probably similar, but like to, to me, I think most of the, the issues of Flash that I had read especially early in my comics reading was was wally you know like so like i read a lot of wally issues and and i think that was one of those things where i felt like i I remember when i was writing those top 10 lists for history of comics on film and it was like i felt like i could write a decent you know hal jordan list right but i i wasn't so sure if i could write a decent you know Barry Allen list like there's there's some stories that I really really like but then like a lot of those stories they're 
I, I, I guess the only way I can put it is they're 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 not all nostalgic because I I read them, you know, maybe when I was you know older than than college age. You know what I mean? Like, and I just I just legit enjoyed the stories or whatever. You know, like that type of thing. Uh, for this, like. This issue, I feel like, epitomizes what the Back to the Bins guys always talk about in that there's no Bronze Age for DC Comics, or at least there's no, I, I don't know, like it's like it's like you 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 go from Golden Age to Silver Age straight to Post Crisis, <laughs> like and and it's like it's like there's no there's no Bronze Age, and there is like I, I get the argument, right? There's like yeah. people go, oh, there's the hard traveling heroes and all this other stuff, and this has. Just like all the Superman titles, like this has elements of Bronze Age stuff. You know, the whole he's he's on a date with Fiona, and and Fiona's always pissed off at him because he's always off running off to be the Flash and all this other stuff. And I mean, if you didn't know any better, I mean, really, you should probably be on Fiona's side because from her point of view, it's like her man's just disappearing at all hours of the day with no explanation and doing stupid ass shit and dropping coffee on her dress and doing all this kooky ass shit. And it's like, you'd be pissed off too. But then at the same time, you're like, Fiona's a fucking bitch sometimes too. Like, you're like, what's <laughs> up with her? Like, can't she be understanding? But of course she doesn't know. Right. So it's like, it's totally unfair. And like, so, so there's that aspect to it. And then to me, like, I, I think it, it, it's uh, the reason why I think this is the perfect example for that is the cover shows you Mirror Master turns the Flash into this misshapen monstrosity. That's that's what they say on the the cover, right? But he's this this kind of elongated, stretched Armstrong, you know, version of the Flash, right? And and what I thought was genius about it is he thinks he is that misshapen monstrosity. And he thinks Mirror Master literally turned him into that monstrosity. But then the Bronze Age element of it comes like maybe a few pages later when it's like, oh, I thought I was a weird kooky Silver Age thingamabob, but actually he fooled me and I I only thought I looked like a weird Silver Age thingamabob. But in reality, I was myself. I just got all confused. But then there's like that sneak trick to it where it's like, but he did really affect me and I just don't know it. You know what I mean? Which is all the reverse stuff, which makes his powers go all out of whack and everything, which is to me is more of a it's more of a Bronze Age thing where it's like, oh, no, my web fluid's shooting the wrong way. And you know, you know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> that kind of, you know, it's like it's like that. It's like it's like if Mysterio made Spider-Man look like a giant, you know, I don't know fat man or something like that for five minutes and you're like oh that's so kooky but then it's like oh it was all an illusion but in the middle of the illusion he actually like fucked up spider-man's web shooters and he didn't realize it you know and that's that's basically what happens here right like flash looks like this weird mirror funhouse thing for like a couple pages but that wasn't really the plot it was really that he was trying to make flash do everything in reverse and so then his you know, he, basically, he's all off his game for, like, the rest of the issue. But, I mean, the the dating and the fair and that, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, elements of that, like, feel sort of Bronze Agey. But but I, I, I totally understand what they say, the, the Back to the Bins guys, when they say, oh, there's this weird blurring of the, the lines where they never quite committed to, we're going to make this uber, uber real 
or we're going to make this goofy, goofy Silver Age. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and in some ways, like, I guess that's kind of like the mandate of something like Batman Brave and the Bold, like the cartoon, where it's like they don't, you know, they don't fully commit, right? They just they just have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, dude, who cares if, you know, Superman's girlfriend is a mermaid? Just fucking go. You know what I mean? Just just that it just it is what it is. Like, just fucking go with it and stuff. The thing that was surprising to me was I thought I would like the cover art better than the interior art because uh, Dick Giordano did the the inks on the cover art. But I, I kind of like Heck doing his own. Like, he's just listed as artist. And I actually, I really like the art. Like, just as as it is, you know, just with him, right? Like, doing doing the art. Like, I, I mean, that that's the stuff that I feel is the most bronze ag i don't know if that's right but, but you know the fact that they're like you know they're, they're they're sharing the cotton candy there's the fairgrounds like he draws the mirrors and you know i mean you you understand where they are like you know the storytelling's good like i you, you know it's a lot of complicated ideas to convey like the fact that like the, the flash should normally be able to just you know fasten on a coffee cup that spills like without thinking about it but instead it, it he almost turns it into a slushy machine or some shit you know like just just there's lots of to me like things that for i don't know for, for certain artists i think it would be really complex to do but then 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 you do go back to that kind of superman 3 aspect where you you feel bad for the carnival guy he's like the guy in in uh, uh, you know Italy, making the the Leaning Towers of Pisa that gets all pissed off when Superman fixes it and then he corrects it to be leaning again. It's like the Flash fucks up those mirrors twice to like stop the Mirror Master's plot. And it's like the the first time the mayor's like, "Dude, we got this. We'll we'll pay for the mirrors. Like you'll be fine, right?" But then I'm I'm like, "Oh, but dude, he had to fuck up the mirrors again." And the guy's like, "God damn it, you fucked up my mirrors again," you know, like so. You know, there's there's that aspect to it that's kind of it's kind of funny or whatever. I, I I get I kind of agree with Justin. Like we don't we don't really get enough of a chance to to discuss Flash issues, and and I was I was happy to have this this opportunity. So Derek, I have a question, and maybe you know the answer, but what it, what eventually becomes of Fiona? Like, does she just find another boyfriend and ride him into the sunset, or does she like die horribly ten years later or something? No, she doesn't die. Like I, I feel like uh, you're giving me like triggery flashbacks of the the trial of Barry Allen. Like I feel uh-huh. like I feel like she's got to abandon him at some point because of that. Because he he gets plastic surgery and becomes a totally different looking guy. And like like so, I I feel like she she goes off somewhere or something. But I don't know. Let me see. I'm I'm curious now. Let's fuck it. I'm just gonna look it up because I don't know. And of course now I'm just getting fucking stuff for flowers. I got to type DC Comics now because that's not that's not good enough. I'm, for I'm almost I'm almost curious if she ever showed up on like the TV show or something. She did. She was in the second season. She was, was she? the girl. She was the girlfriend in the second season because because re- remember what, the copper. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure, right? Like I thought that I don't I don't remember her name being Fiona, but Fiona Webb was the fiance of Barry Allen after the death of his first wife. They became friends and eventually lovers. Their wedding was interrupted by Zoom when Zoom threatened to kill Fiona as he had Barry's first wife, and then Barry kills him. 
So so this is Fiona is why stupid Alex Ross like hates the the modern DC or whatever because because that, that basically the trial of the Flash that that's why I'm triggering getting those memories for the trial of the Flash which probably was as long as like I don't know the the uh, Captain America No More saga but to me it felt like it went on for like ten years or something because it's so fucking long. The reason why he's on trial is because Flash kills Zoom. Mm-hmm. And but the reason why Flash kills Zoom is because Zoom threatens to kill Fiona like he killed Iris. So I don't know if that tells us what the fuck happened to to her. I think she like does she change her eye because see they, they they give her another name, but let me see, does she let me see. I've never oh, read oh, the trial oh, of Flash oh, oh so so her real name was Beverly Lewis. But then, but then she went into like witness protection or some shit, and then she was Fiona Webb in Central City. Okay, so that makes sense. Let me see. Uh, I wonder if there's who plays Fiona Webb in The Flash. Uh, Michelle Langstone as Fiona Webb. So I yeah I remember she was in the TV series for sure. Here's a here's a here's a Reddit. It's um it's whatever happened to Fiona Webb. Let's let's look at that. Let's look at whatever happened to Fiona Webb and see. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm sure it's something horrible, given that she's a girlfriend of a superhero. Uh, when people think about Barry Allen's love life, we usually think of Iris. But what happened to the one that got away? Barry Allen's second fiance, Fiona Webb, was nearly killed by the reverse flash. And believing Barry had abandoned her, had a mental breakdown. Because this is comics, we assume she got over it. But at the end of the day, Barry after not being sentenced to jail for killing Fawn, still runs away with Iris to the future since he'd rather be with her. Because at the end of the trial of the Flash, it catches up the crisis, and then he goes off into the future to live with Iris. So this person is asking, so did we ever hear or see what happened to her after this? Some people thought maybe she'd be brought back as a villain or something, but it doesn't, I mean, I guess maybe I'd have to do more, let's see. Wow, what a useless Reddit thread. That doesn't really answer the question. It's just somebody asking the question. So I guess we'd probably have to research to see if she ever, like, like, makes other appearances after the trial of the Flash. But it sounds like what they're saying is she had a mental breakdown and then he ran off with with Iris, you know, in the, the, the pre-crisis, and then that was the end of it. It looks like she does appear in some... Like, she's in, like you know, more modern Flash comics, too. So there might be some reference to her there. Or maybe in the life story of the Flash, and I'm just not remembering. But yeah. Sorry, Justin, that's that's probably not a great answer. But that's okay. that's that's all I got for the moment. I mean, I suppose if I read, like, you know, every single appearance of Fiona Webb and we figure it out. But I knew for sure, I was trying to remember exactly who it was, but I, I'm pretty sure... She was in the second season of The Flash. I feel like she was that police cop woman, but I guess maybe I can figure that out. I, too. I do not remember her, that character. I don't remember what her name really was, but I don't remember it being Fiona. Wasn't it Patty? Pat, it was Patty. Oh, okay. Well, while you're looking at that, I'll I'll just say, like, Justin, like, I enjoyed this for, yeah, like, some, you know, 
classic, you know, sort of storytelling and stuff. But unfortunately, it did give me bad flashbacks to like flash hey, flashbacks to the the last season of the CW Flash, which was so bad that I quit watching the show. So <laughs> mostly because it was all about mirror universe stuff. So, well, not mirror universe, but mirror dimension stuff. I, I did I did enjoy reading this issue and I was kind of like I don't know maybe watching that show was being watching that show was probably my primary exposure to Flash which is probably awful so like you know it's it's nice to see you know him not mooning over Iris I guess uh, maybe I'm just confusing her with Patty Spivet but there I don't know there is some IMDb That's listing for her though yeah, that that was but... the character the police officer character yeah. I don't know though. There's still I don't I, I still can't figure this out because there is some IMDb listing, but maybe maybe it was just like a cameo or something because I I eventually stopped watching that show myself. So, but yeah, I guess I guess I must have been getting her confused with Patty. I know we talked about this like long long time ago, but like you know I I I kind of feel like the Flash is like the Spider Man of DC. So I, mm. I feel like I feel like if we could like make or, or get Mike to read more or some really good Flash comics, like my, that would be a good like gateway for for Mike to read more Flash. I know yeah, you you yeah. guys have always said like I would like like Wally West Flash and stuff. Yeah, I I think so. I mean I mean I I think Wally West is a gateway for for Marvel people. I I I see what Justin is saying even about Barry, even though a lot of people would poo poo that idea. I mean the the only other thing I can think of is. And, and, you know, this is not just because he's in the backup, but because I think it's legit the truth is like, you know, Jerry Conway writing Firestorm. I mean, essentially, the the main difference is, you know, Fire, you know, Ronnie Raymond is what if Flash Thompson got the powers and responsibility. You know what I mean? But like there's there, you know, the whole, you know, animal themed villains and all that kind of stuff like goes into Firestorm as well. You know, it's either scientists or, you know hyena you know like all that kind of shit right like so so i i would think that would be similar too but but yeah i think i don't know i i have i think i i don't know necessarily like i i think when it was coming out like firestorm was considered a you know a, a dc hero that was written in a marvel style because of jerry conway but i think for me i my personal experiences because because that was a title that was kind of I'm not going to say done by the time I started reading, but it wasn't an ongoing concern when I had friends that were Marvel zombies further, you know, much less them converting to DC. Like that was way, way later. And so the, the, the three characters I can think of that helped people that were diehard Marvel zombies make headway into DC were Wally West Flash, Nightwing, and the will Peyton starman because it was written by roger stern who's also you know a marvel writer so that's the, the, those are the people i can think of the most but i i mean i i definitely agree with what you're saying though justin i don't know like what it, it's weird to me though because i i feel like that this this is kind of me putting you on the spot with a question but in in regards to the flash but i i always feel like even when i come up with like a favorite list of fantastic four comics i feel like a phony because they're always like Dr. Doom stories or Silver Surfer stories. And I'm like, well, do, do I, I'm like, does that mean I don't like the fan? You know what I mean? Like, like, am I a phony? Does that mean I don't really like the Fantastic Four that much? Like, what if, what if you said like 
pick, you know, five awesome Fantastic Four stories that have nothing to do with the Silver Surfer, Galactus, or Doctor Doom. Like, and could you, like, legit be like, I love, you know, story XYZ. And I, I think if you take those three, Doom, Galactus, and Surfer, out of the equation, I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying if I was going to be honest with myself, like, that would be majorly fucking myself if I was writing a list. You know what I mean? And and so I guess I and and th this doesn't necessarily apply to my question, but like I I always had a tough time because I, I don't think I've read enough Barry Allen Flash, even though I've probably read more than Mike has. Right. But but sometimes I'm like, well, what are your like? I mean, you brought this story. Right. But like and, and I know you said you haven't really read the whole trial of the flash and things like that. But like, what, like, what do you immediately think of? Like if you were, if you were going to tell Mike, dude, Mike, there's one fucking flash story that Barry Allen's in that you absolutely fucking need to read. What do you tell him? Oh, geez. I don't know. See that that's what that it's, <laughs> it's like tough for me. Cause, cause I can't like the, the one story I can think of and, and I'd have to go digging for it, but I can't, I, I, cause it's not a nostalgic story. So I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I remember there was this really cool story where like they, the top gets killed or they think the top's killed or some shit. And they're like trying to figure out who did it or some shit. And I, 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 I don't remember all the details to it, but I just remember kind of like what you're saying, like the, the whole, you know, there's a clue readers. And if you, if you look for it, you'll see what we told you about the top and all this other stuff. And when it was all said and done, you know, it wasn't some bullshit like fucking Star Trek six or long Halloween. Like by the end of it, I was like, God damn. Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. Like, that's a cool story. But I, I, I don't remember exactly what issue it was. You know what I mean? So like, mm -hmm. but I can't, I can't remember. But all I remember was like, oh, that top story was fucking that was that was some good shit, you know, like, but I, I'd have to go fucking figure it out. But like, I can't, you know, I, I guess that's, you know, you know how like most people it's like, bro i've never read batman like what do i read or like when you when you asked me like dude i never read the punisher what do i read and i gave you like fucking mm -hmm. what like 10 fucking st like read this yeah. read this read this read this read this these are all good i fucking promise like i i, I wish somebody could like just do either i could read every single barry allen flash story and vomit out a list after that or that somebody could you know say, hey, bro, read this, read this, and read this, and then you're golden, you know, like, you, you're, you you know, like, and, and, you know, or, you know, and, and, and not something like candy ass where they're like, you know, oh, read the greatest flash stories ever told, or like, you know, like that, that kind of stuff, because that's, that's the only other thing, like, I, I remember even that, like, I think my buddies had, like, the greatest golden age stories, or the, the greatest team up stories, or the greatest, I, I'm trying to think of like other stuff, greatest flash stories or whatever. I mean, I mean, I suppose like it, 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 again, it's super silver age, but maybe a go-to for most people is like, Oh bro, you got to read the flash of two worlds. You know what I mean? But then it's like, eh, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like one of those things where like, I get it's a historical importance, but like, is that gonna, like, if you gave that to Mike, is Mike going to be like, dude, you're right. Flash is so awesome. Like, I feel like that wouldn't be the end result of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I love the Flash, but like when when I think of Barry, I think of like his early Silver Age solo adventures and his adventures with the Justice League. Because for for me, like there's a big stretch from like early '70s to like to here in the '80s, like pre-Crisis yeah, that I've yeah. not read. But like when it comes to Wally, like you know from post-Crisis to like 
I don't know, like, I guess to like to the end, uh, like when Flashpoint starts, like, yeah, I think yeah. I've read pretty much all of that. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a few I, specials. But... I'd, I'd be willing to say that's true of me as well. Like that, that's a little more easier, right? You can go like, dude, Return of Barry Allen, like read that, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, read, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think like read, read the, 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 uh, what is it? The, the special where they, they cross over and they do the, what Keystone and Central and set all that up and like. I think it's like what, like Secret Origins or some shit, or you know, you know what I mean. Like, there's there's stuff you can point to where you can say, "Oh, dude, bro, read read this annual, read this, you know, th this, you know, read read um, Green Lantern, Flash, Brave and the Bold, you know, read, you know, like you know, and and that way you can you know point to certain stories and say, "Oh, this is this is the story you should read," right? But I don't know. Anyway, it, it, to me, it's interesting just to talk about because I I feel like that could that could generate discussion. And I'm sure there's somebody who feels much more strongly about it. Right. That could be like, dude, no, bro. What you need is, you know, read, read these stories. Like these are the penultimate Barry Allen stories, but I, I don't feel like I'm well-versed enough to, to decide that or, or even well-read enough to say, okay, these are the best ones, you know? And then after we go through all this trouble, Mike might be like, you know, I read the impulse one through eight, and that's great. I love impulse. Impulse is crash. Mm, that's true. That's true. Impulse is crash, though. He is crash. Crash the crash. mode. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Paul Spataro. I don't know if you know me, but I'm a regular on Back to the Bins, along with my friends, Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. And Mr. Scott Gardner. Hey, how's it going? Andy's been asking us for a promo for the show for the longest time, and Bill has been writing it for the longest time. Bill, you got that promo written yet? Uh... Okay, so, anyway, what we do is we review three comic books. We try to do it every week. Usually it's a Marvel, a DC, and a Captain Canuck book for Scott. So, tune in every week to Back to the Bins to listen to our show. You can find us at twotruefreaks.com. All right. Well, uh, let's see. I, I think in chronological order, that brings up my title next. And uh, luckily, I knew that, well, one, I was sitting there going, well, I, I want to pick a title that, that Mike won't go to sleep over. So I tried not to pick a DC title because I know he's always snoozing and all that stuff. And then I thought, I, I, I had some titles planned, but then uh, at the time I thought maybe Justin might not make it on this show. So I had like alternative titles planned, but then Justin said, Hey, it's cool. Like I'll be here. And then I decided silver surfer annual one, because this was going to be like back when I cared about tying into shitty fucking movie releases. Like this was going to be the thing that I was going to bring when the Eternals movie came out, because it does feature the comic book Eternals. And this is a legit story from the spinner rack for me, because as I frequently mentioned, my, my first silver surfer comics off the spinner rack were 13 and 14 that I got from a Safeway. But this issue came out pretty much in between those issues or right around the same time. I think it came out like either, either a little bit after, but I mean, very, very close together. And this, I'm pretty sure I got from the quick stop, the one where my, my mom would go get her nails done or her hair done. And I'd run down to that quick stop. That was like a few stores down. And I want to say it was either this or the Punisher, but like the, the, this was one of the first 
Evolutionary War annuals I got as well. And since I was so into, like, when I read 13 and 14 of the Silver Surfer, I thought he was the coolest shit ever. And so when I saw the annual, I'm like, okay, I'm in. Like, And then plus, it was part of this whole crossover thing, which I bought a lot more annuals from. The publisher, of course, was Marvel. The cover date was 1988. The on-sale date was April 26th, 1988. The cover price is a whopping $1.75. The only story I asked the guys to read, I didn't make them read the whole annual, just the, the lead story, which is titled Adam. The writer is Steve Inglehart. The penciler is Joe Staten. The inker is Joseph Rubenstein. The letterer is Ken Bruzanak, and the colorist is Tom Vincent. And the story goes something like this. The High Evolutionary appears over Olympia, the home of the Eternals. Confronted by Icarus, Makari, Circe, Athena, and Carcass, the Evolutionary explains his goal to advance humanity as the Celestials have advanced the Eternals. He then asks that the Eternals assist him to map out the DNA of the Silver Surfer. While in deep space, the Silver Surfer, sorry, I'm doing the Galactus thing, bids farewell to Nova and heads to Earth, intent on finding the child of Mantis. Arriving in Earth's orbit, the Surfer witnesses the resurrection of the Super Scroll. The Super Scroll does not wish anyone on Earth to be aware of his resurrection and attacks the Surfer to keep his return a secret. Ultimately, their battle is interrupted by the arrival of the Eternals, who trap both combatants in an energy field. Icarus tells the Surfer they plan to map out his genetic code for the High Evolutionary in order to improve all life on Earth. They look to also use the Super Scroll's DNA as the blueprint for what not to do. The Surfer refuses because he believes that the geneticist the Eternals are working for will only make an army of Surfer clones. Taken against their will to Olympia, the Surfer and Super Scroll are placed inside pyramid-shaped devices which will break down their DNA code for the Eternals. When the two realize the pyramids are harmonized by their own powers, they push themselves to the limit in order to cause the machines to explode and free themselves. During battle with the Eternals, the Super Scroll makes his escape. When the Eternals pursue the Super Scroll, the Silver Surfer stops them so the Super Scroll can restore his people's shape-shifting powers. While the Eternals believe the Surfer's decision foolish, they agree to end their battle. Now, at a truce with the Eternals, the Surfer intends to investigate the High Evolutionary's plan and stop him if need be. The end. So that is the, the main... The, the frontliner, the headliner story in Silver Surfer Annual 1. And, yeah, like I said, I, I read this one when I was a kid. But how about you guys? Is this is this the first time you've read it? Is this something you've recently read? Believe it or not, I've never read this before. And I, I like the Eternals, and I've read all of their series, miniseries, you know, like, you know, Duty heads like Cruiser Dave is going to be like, well, who likes the Eternals anyway? Like, who keeps up with them? Who cares? Like, I care. <laughs> I care. I'm in the shit. I like the Eternals. I always have, you know, whatever. What, what did you What did you think of their portrayal in this annual? Like, does it do, do, does it hold up? Does it feel a little off to you? Like, what do you What do you think of it? It feels a little off to me because they're a little too trusting of the High Evolutionary. They're just like, 
He's like, uh, I want Surfer's DNA. And they're just like, okay. And they just like try to go out and get him. I'm like, wait, like you got, you guys are smarter than this. Like you're the Eternals. Like you, like, why are you listening to this guy? I mean, the high evolutionary, maybe until like the mid nineties, he always seemed like a guy who was like, he's not a straight up evil, bad guy. Like he has like schemes and plans. You're like, well, that's not good because like, you know, you're just making animal people or whatever he's doing. Like you can see like, oh, this could be wrong. But he, it never seemed to me like he was a straight up bad guy until like maybe somewhere in the 90s. But like still like he, he just shows up and he's like, uh, I want surfers DNA. Like I want to study it and do all kinds of cool stuff with it. And they just, you know, they just kind of go along with it. And then you add Super Skrull into the mix and everybody fight. I mean, that that part kind of came across to me as weird, but I, I did enjoy reading this because I mean, as much as I like the Eternals, I've never read every single comic they've appeared in as a guest star. Like, if I saw, like, if I had seen this somewhere, like, I probably would have bought it. I would have been like, ooh, Surfer and the Eternals. Cool, I'm going to read this. But so this was like one of those missing, you know, puzzle pieces like you didn't know exist. You're like, oh, I thought I had, like, most of this puzzle made when there's a super secret missing piece. But, you know, like, uh, even though I think they're kind of, like, being, you know stooped and led around like too easily i did have a lot of fun reading this so i'm kind of glad you picked this it's interesting because because super scroll kind of takes away their opportunity to you, you know how like most times the marvel formula or at least the now the superhero formula is you know two groups of heroes have a misunderstanding they fight and then they team up against the bad guy it's like they never really get the it's not you know the eternals don't really get the opportunity to team up with Silver Surfer against the High Evolutionary. Like, it's more the Surfer teams up with the Super Scroll to get away from the yeah. Eternals, right? <laughs> like, and and I, I, I remember, like, and I, I don't think I was misled, but but this, this left a strong impression of the Super Scroll on me. You know, like, like I, I was like, oh, this guy goes toe-to-toe with the Surfer. He's got all the powers of the Fantastic Four. Like, I'm pretty sure this was the first time I had seen the Super Scroll in a in a comic book, and I think because I I followed the Silver Surfer after that, and he was in those, and because I liked the the, the his portrayal in this issue so much, like that was when I took my my LJN Dungeons and Dragons like Goblin King or whatever the hell his name was, and like that became my de facto Super Scroll to to mess around with my my Mattel Secret Wars figures like you know it was like one of them was Thor and one of them was the Super Scroll because he was like a goblin and I was like ah oh, he's green he's got pointy ears like close enough he's he's the Super Scroll and and that was that was kind of the direction I went with that can I ask you something like yeah yeah reading this when you were young like how did you feel about the Eternals did you think they were like they were chumps I I thought like I I think I responded the most to Icarus because he was the 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 Kirby Orion looking like lead type character like that spoke to me but uh, I guess I have to it's it's interesting because I have to be honest like this the, like the reason why I asked is you know whereas the Silver Surfer I continue to read and I don't I don't think I would have like let me put it this way I I this helped me know who Cersei was when I read issues of Mm. Uh, Avengers, right, yeah. or, or what have you. Like, I knew who Makari was when I saw him in Quasar. But this, on its own, like, if if the goal of this was to turn me on to 
reading back issues of the Eternals or, or, or learning more about the Eternals, it failed because I did not read issues of Eternals again, kind of like certain comics. I, I wouldn't say I turned my nose up at the Eternals. It wasn't like I thought they were like, you know, Doctor Strange, Namor, the Punisher. Like those are always the three that I go to where I was like when I was really young, I just wasn't into those characters. And and it wasn't that bad. Like, I think if somebody had given me an internal comic, I would have read it. But I have to be honest, like this did not light a fire under me to to go read more. Like, I didn't go read the um, Mark of Venier like that. Probably. I mean, ideally, that should have been the thing that yeah. I should have sought out. Right. Because it would have been it, it, it wouldn't have been that old at the time. It would have been an easy set of back issues to buy but and and also but i i think it might have had something to do with the knowledge that like or the not you know the the non-knowledge like these were just characters in an annual like kind of like super scroll like i i I might not have known that they even had a title when i read you know what i mean like that that i i might not have known to go look for back issues when I first read this either. So again, I, I guess, you know, I've, I've read some things later on, mostly like some of the Kirby stuff, but like, I, I don't think I bought an eternal series off the stands until the Neil Gaiman stuff and beyond, if that makes sense. What about you, Mike? I, had, you, had you ever read this? I've never read this before. And well, you know me, I've never been too fond of the high evolutionary and Ooh. I've never been. Yeah, <laughs> you don't like from, cosmic stories either, huh? No, yeah. And aside from aside from Cersei, I've never cared much for the Eternals either. So, boo! Boo! I know you guys can both boo me. Like, boo. Well, honestly, like, I'll be honest. Like, I liked the my favorite part of this whole story was like the Surfer and Super Scroll like rival fusion. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. spoke that, to that's, me. That's like, good, I thought that was good. cool. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean. I kind of see Super Scroll as, like, you know, the Scroll equivalent of, like, what Ronin is to the Kree, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, but I feel like I've read more stories where Ronin is a sympathetic, like, sort of, like, guy than I have of the Super Scroll. Like, like, Clert being, like, you know, a guy with a actual, like, noble streak in him or able to, you know, like, put aside, like, petty differences to work you know, towards a greater good. So, like, this was a nice, like, I, I feel like, oh, it's like, so Clark can be, like, cool sometimes. Like, I mean, the the only times I've thought, like, you know, he he's, I know, like, recently he's been, like, part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And, like, I, like, I remember when he was, like, you know, part of the Alliance in Infinity. And, you know, like, and, and during the Annihilation stuff, he was kind of, like, you know, on their side or whatever. So, like, but, like, I, I don't know, like, maybe maybe I'm just, like, prejudiced because of his, like, physical appearance. And he looks like, you know, like a goblin or something, like, evil or something. And I'm just like, yeah, Clert's a jerk or whatever. But this, this I was like, well, I mean, he he's still a jerk, but he eventually comes to his senses. And he, like, you know, he helps, he yeah. lends a hand to Surfer, so... I mean, he's still he's still a jerk and and kind of treacherous like throughout the course of the story, but you you do kind of feel sorry for him. You know what I yeah. mean? Like like when 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 his whole circumstance is explained. And then you know what's funny? Like I never did really when I was a kid. I never really did feel like figuring out how the Super Scroll came to be at the point he was at. 
like I read Super Scroll stories from this point on continuing. But it's like it's like I never it, I you know it, it's that thing that like again it infuriates me because everybody goes oh fucking DC and their crazy continuity and I'm like have you do you, have you ever sat down and just read a character's like through line that doesn't have a comic book like the fucking Super Scroll like it will drive you fucking insane like like he he he's in Alpha Flight and he goes out into fucking outer space to turn into fucking magic dust. But then he comes back again and gets sent out into space again. Like, I forget what fucking comic it is, but it's ridiculous. And then there's some John Byrne, clever, clever bullshit retcon that he's the guy in Iron Fist. Like, like the little kid in Iron Fist. And I'm just like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, like, it's just... It's crazy. Like you're sitting there going, I don't remember super, not, not like I was an avid reader of Power Man and Iron Fist, but I was like, Super Scroll was in Power Man and Iron Fist. And I realized the reason why some of those issues are listed in a Super Scroll chronology is that in John Burns' Namor, he explains that it's like, I forget who it is, but it's like one one of these guys, like one of these big bad guys or whatever in the Namor book. I forget who it was, but I think it's the guy who brought back like Iron Fist or something like one of these Clun Lun wizards or some shit. Like he made some arrangement to cure him of his cancer because you notice when this issue starts, when he comes back, the reason why they sent him into space was because he had cancer or some shit. And like when he comes back from this, he's like, I don't have cancer anymore. Like, like, how is that? And then, you know, you're also thinking to yourself like, Oh, wouldn't it be great if they could have done that with captain Marvel? Like whoever magically cured that fucking cancer could have, you know, just like black Panther could have cured uh, Marvel's cancer and all that shit. Like whoever cured the, the super scrolls cancer could have done it. Right. And, I was sitting there going, well, was it like the Scroll Empress? Like, you know, like, because you don't know when you read this issue. And what's weird is if you continue to read Silver Surfer, he gets into a fight with this guy, Reptile. And not to be confused with um, the, the kid from Superhero Squad, but it's like this cosmic, you know, basically, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, raptor face looking guy who's a pirate. And because he's a reptile, he allies himself with the Scroll. He rips out Super Scroll's throat and and ends up being like the queen's, I don't know, uh, boy toy or some shit, right? And he's like, well, we're both reptiles, so that, that works, right? And I thought to myself, wait, Super Scroll doesn't stay dead. Like, what, you know, and then, and then I was reading in some issue of the Fantastic Four, they retcon that all away that that wasn't the real scroll or it was all a ploy or some shit like, like clerk faked getting his throat ripped out. Cause, cause reasons and shit. And then it's just like, Oh, well I'm, I'm not really dead and all that stuff. Cause they, you know, cause he's a classic villain. Whereas reptile is kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? But like, so, so anyway, my point with that is like, you know, if, if you actually like follow character histories, they get pretty, Pretty wacky doodle, no matter what comic company it is. Also, nobody's... what's... Oh, good. No, 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 I just said, because nobody's really, you know, keeping track of them or, 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 or guiding them in any specific direction. This is not the first time I've seen this happen. Like, like uh, uh, there was some other time in, like, the, like, I don't know, probably the 80s or 90s, where the, 
worked with them. And then um, in Chris Yost's New Warriors series, like the Eternals were also allied with the the High Evolutionary. You know, it's kind of like it's almost like the High Evolutionary gets them to do his dirty work sometimes. But like, I I don't know if this is a common thing, but it's just it's weird that I haven't read a lot of Eternals stuff in like three times. I remember they've been like allied with the High Evolutionary. Like, I mean, I get, I see the through line with their related, like, almost, but, like, I, I don't know, it's just weird. Maybe maybe just the aspect that they're, they're supposed to be evolutionary goals, or, or I don't know what the right word is, they're, they, yeah. they, you know, that, that, that they, like, like, you know, they're, they're a perfect form of, of, of what, uh, the, I don't know, celestial Cree earth whatever you know you know what i mean like that this last like in chris in chris yost's like yeah new warriors series it's like they ally with him because they they like they ally with him and they ally with some of those like uh those like x-men villains like the the evolutionaries i think they were called like because they were like you know we're gonna eliminate all the like offshoots of humanity or whatever and that was Mm. like their whole deal and then like at the end, like you know, some of the good, like the the more reasonable Eternals were like, "Hey, whoa, we didn't sign up for like genocide. What are you talking about, dude?" Like, but I don't know. It's just like, it, it, like I said, it's just weird that I can rec- like I I I don't read the Eternals. I've never read a whole lot of them, but the few times I have read them, yeah, they're they're in bed with uh, what's his face, High Evolution, Jonathan Her- Herbert, Herbert, yeah, uh-huh. they're in bed with Herbert. Yep. Sounds sounds He's cool like, when you say Herbert. Her- <laughs> Herbert Wyndham. <laughs> that, that that's in fact in Chris Yost's like New Warriors run, like like uh Sam Alexander Nova is always like, Is your name really Herbert? And then he like he's calling him Herbert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, no, like I enjoyed this. Like I, you know, I like Sur- Surfer is a good protagonist. Like I, yeah, I like yeah. Surfer. I haven't read a whole lot of Silver Surfer either, but whenever I do, I like, you know, he's a very compelling prota- protagonist. And like, I, I liked his whole team up with Super Scroll. I like seeing like Frankie Ray Nova because I feel like she's some, I don't, is she, Justin, is she alive again or? I don't Yeah, I don't I remember. Think I think they brought her back, but yeah, yeah. I think she is. I don't remember where that happened though because derek like she died in like what the 90s like in surfer's book yeah Yeah, so Mm -hmm. like like i i I always you know i read that's why that's why that's that's why um i mean she she stopped being galactus's herald that's why he had to make morgue and then i think does more kill her i think i forget um i don't remember I, know I, I, I feel like I feel, I, I, I feel like I feel like Morg kills her, like, but yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I use you know, I, I read John Burns like Fantastic Four run, and like that's where she was introduced. So like, yeah, I have a yeah. soft spot for her. So it's nice to see her. Yeah, I feel like even Morg came back in some kind of like miniseries or something, but I don't think they ever followed up on that. Or if they did, I never saw it. Yeah, wasn't it like I mean I haven't read it, but I I've heard of it. Wasn't it like something like all the former heralds of Galactus like teamed up to fight Morg or something? Or maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that was it. Yeah, because I know I read that. Yeah, that that happened in the the Surfer book for sure. But yeah, I enjoyed this though. 
even as as snooze worthy as the high evolutionary and the eternals are boo boo you guys can boo me yeah see frankie ray was ultimately killed by the alien morgue who had replaced her as galactus's herald and that was in silver surfer 75 the demon mephisto later made it appear she had returned from the dead in a failed bid to steal the soul of the silver surfer which is in later issues in the weekly miniseries Herald, a character resembling Frankie Ray appears. Francis Hyatt. So, yeah, there's a, some Herald's miniseries. Uh, I don't know. This is, like, too long. Didn't read. But th- there's some version of her in this Herald's miniseries. And then it, somehow it... I don't know. It's weird. They talk about Francis Hyatt. Then somehow in the synopsis, they, they say... She resembles Frankie Ray, but then it says it sets a trap at Frankie Ray's former apartment. They they awaken more of her memories and <laughs> that's okay. I don't know. Yeah, like, anyway, I, look, I, I do remember. Yeah, I I could have sworn that that she got brought back at some point. Yeah, but oh, it it sounds like it's almost like a Jean Grey shit because it's like Emma Frost senses that that. There, there's there's like memories in a cocoon and they they try to i don't know like they become bonded or something i don't know anyway whatever it, it says basically it says it was left ambiguous if francis hyatt was actually a separate person that was randomly chosen by the silver surfer to be the one to bond with the remaining essence and powers of the slain frankie ray or rather she was actually a clone of frankie ray nevertheless Francis Hyatt as Nova was later recruited by the Fearless Defenders. So, so I, I mean, I guess she's resurrected, but as another person, maybe like sort of, kind of <laughs> comic books. You know? Comic books, like you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like you said, if you look at anyone's history, it's like yeah, yeah, it gets it gets a little fucking jumbled and messed up after a while. Yeah, faster than a speeding bullet. Richard Pryor? Yes, it's Superman 3 Movie Minute. On Superman 3 Movie Minute, we'll be examining Richard Lester's 1983 film Five Minutes at a Time. This time around, we don't just have Superman. We have evil Superman, Lana Lang, a scary robot lady, and yes, Richard Pryor. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Oh, you don't know about me and him? Me and Superman? So how about you, buddy? What did what did you bring for us? I brought Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, number 436, with a cover date of July 1998. So I'm another like 10 years on. The story is titled In Final Battle with the Black Tarantula, written by Tom DeFalco, penciled by Joe Bennett, inked by Bud LaRosa, colored by Bob Sharon, and lettered by Rich and Kip Shaw. And uh, this issue, it's kind of holds a lot. Like, it's one of my favorite issues. Like, it made my top 15, like, favorites. And it holds a lot of sentimental value for me because I was... I remember I was sick the week this issue came out 
And like my best friend went to the mall and like went to Walden Books and like bought this issue for me because like it was a Wednesday and I couldn't go there. And like and like with with my homework, he brought my homework and this. And I was like, oh, thanks, dude. And he was like, yeah, I knew you, you know, you look forward to every month. So I got it for you. So I was like, thanks, man. So, yeah, this this issue also holds a lot of like sentimental value to me. But uh, I wrote up a little like paragraph long synopsis of it just because uh, the one on the wiki was way too long indeed. Only Spider-Man stands immortal super-powered crime lord who is in time in custody of his young son from his ex-wife. Spidey and the Tarantula meet in battle on the grounds of Don Nato's estate, at, with Hydra killed thrown in for good measure. Can Spidey defeat the Black Tarantula in a rematch after their first bout ended with his enemy savagely beating and unmasking him? Also, who is the current man wearing the criminal persona of the Rose? So yeah, this is Tom DeFalco kind of wrapping up some plot points of his before he gets kicked off Amazing Spider-Man and and the Mackie burn reboot horribleness begins. So like, you know, he he introduced Black Tarantula like pretty early on, well, right after the Clone Saga, basically. And it, it, like, it was going to be his new like kind of big bad for the book. I mean, <laughs> I, I make fun of it because like, you know, I, I hate Moreland. For a lot of the same things that the black tarantula is kind of guilty of but i love the black tarantula just because like you know he came first like he looks cool like he's got a pretty cool backstory and he's spider themed so like you know like i i forgive him for all those things and like i i forgive that he's a brand new super powered villain that shows up out of nowhere and beats the crap out of spidey he's like seemingly like you know like he has to have a you know, rip-off juggernaut fight with Spidey, where Spider-Man is way outclassed, and he's throwing everything at, like, this guy, and he can't win. You know, Spidey's done this tons of times, you know, obviously everyone compares it to the juggernaut, but he's done it against Fire Lord. I mean, yeah, he's done it against the Black Tarantula here. He'll do it against Morlin. I mean, it's a kind of a thing they like to do with Spider-Man sometimes, but yeah, like, this is... Well, this is actually their final battle in, like, 616 continuity. Like, the, the, DeFalco will do some more with the Black Tarantula and, like, the Spider-Girl book. But, like, after this point, like, Black Tarantula gets, like, next time he shows up, it's in, like, Ed Brubaker's, like, uh, Daredevil run. And he's, like, totally different. Really like the character you see here. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think this is a cool, like, fight scene issue. I mean, it has some, like, you know, better than these. I, like, I really like Joe Bennett's art. I don't know. Have you guys read this before? I, I see, I, I don't think I've read this before. And I, I think it was funny because I, you know, peeling back the veil, like we, we planned to record this maybe a week ago. So I, I read the issue a week ago. And then when we were getting ready to do this a week later tonight, I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, OK, um, you know, uh, Justin brought the flash with the mirrors and I'm bringing Silver Surfer. And then I was like, what, what did Mike bring again? I was like, it must have been some fucking spider-man shit that i never read that's from the sucky ass era and what what is it from and i couldn't think of it and then and then and then i looked it up and i was like oh yeah it's the story where he fights the black tarantula and i and i went through the same 
like I totally forgot I went through this a week ago, but a week ago I went through the same thing where I was like, oh man, I got to read this fucking story and it's it's this fucking Spider-Man story and it's it, essentially it's this era of Spider-Man I have like no nostalgia for, no love for. It's not the Clone Saga, it's post the Clone Saga, but I was so, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't know, it's like, it's like you just some girl on the beach and she rolls around in sand and then the sand's like everywhere. Like it, it just, it's one of those things where you're like, it's everything's ruined. It's, it's the, the, the whole thing is ruined and you can't, you can't handle it or whatever. Right. And I was just thinking to myself, is this going to be one of those stories? And I read it and I remembered it was on Mike's list and I remembered everything he was saying about, you know, I mean, most people, the, the obvious comparison is to Spider-Man versus the Juggernaut, which I guess most people point to as the first version of that David versus Goliath type Spider-Man story. Or at least it's the one that was most popular, that Wizard pimped and kind of elevated as like it's the greatest Spider-Man story because it's it's what it is. For me, my version of that story, my favorite Spider-Man story that's a David and Goliath story is when he fights Iron Man 2020 in that Amazing Spider-Man Annual 20. And looking at it from that perspective, like I was like, oh, I get it. This is this is Mike's Amazing Spider-Man Annual 20 or Mike's Spider-Man versus the Juggernaut or whatever. Like it's his David versus Goliath story. And when you look at it from that perspective, even though it's in an era that I feel is like mired with with you know, maybe not the greatest production value or maybe just has a a cloud over it from everything that happened before, you know, like just for me personally, right? It, it it's one of those things I can easily get past cuz I get what you're saying like the black tarantula is cool. You know what I mean? Like he he's got a cool design. He's he's like this super powerful badass dude. Like you you get why, you know, Spider-Man's like fighting to stop him, but that he's totally hopelessly outclassed. Like it's this but he still, you know, puts up that fight to the last breath and 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 that that character has enough sense of honor to be like, "All right, like we're going to call it quits, right? Like, and it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I just, th that part of the story, like I get why you like it. I get why it's your version of that Spider-Man David versus Goliath story. So, I mean, for me, I'm like, I, I, it wasn't anything I read. It's nothing I have a bunch of nostalgia for, but I get why you like it. And I get why it's super cool. And I remember, um, black tarantula being in, um, Spider Girl after that point. So I get why, you know, DeFalco, it's, it, you know, I, I guess you could make the argument it's a DeFalco baby, right? And he, he tried to shepherd it in his various titles. But then when, when Brew Baker got his hands on it, it was like, you know, when, when a lot of these newfangled guys, I mean, they, they do some good work, but then they get their hands on somebody else's baby that they don't really care about that much and kind of, you know, I don't know, turned it into like this dysfunctional oh. teenager or whatever. It's like, like, DeFalco established the Black Tarantula as like like South America's like kingpin. Like he had a like criminal empire like in South America or whatever, you know, and he was like super powered and possibly immortal and whatever. And then when he's in Brubaker's run, all of a sudden he's in prison and he's just some local gangbanger and he calls everyone dog. He's like, hey dog, like what's up, dog? And I'm like, what? Like when huh? 
like that that's i remember that really left a bad yeah, taste it, in my it, mouth it, see he he got transported into outer space like super scroll and when he came back he started calling everybody dog yeah i was like what happened what? to your freaking like crime empire in south america like now you're just a freaking local like gangbanger or whatever like i don't yeah but well, what about you justin had you read this before no justin's like you're canceled mike because joe bennett did the art like get off this show no i don't <laughs> care about that i like it i don't give a fuck um after the Clone Saga, I cut back on Spider-Man comics big time. Like I, I would yeah. still read the occasional book, but I cut back like to the bone. And then I think I, I think that's when I started like reading like way more DC stuff. Like instead of buying like a bunch of like Spider-Man titles, I think I just started buying a bunch of DC books instead. So reading this, like I, I can get why Mike likes it, but I have little idea what's going on like this drama with mary jane and the black tarantula like i don't know what's going on I, it just kind of feels i mean wait I, i'm not trying to be mean but it feels like tony picked this and it's like part seven of a 27 part story <laughs> yeah it's, it's just it's, it's I, a climax yeah yeah it's, it's just i i have no familiarity like what's going on like at this specific moment in time of of Spider-Man's life or what's going on with any of the characters or anything like like Peter and Mary Jane arguing at the beginning like I thought Mary Jane was just being obtuse I'm like everything you've been through you're just gonna be like you know screw you Peter I'm gonna go do my job and then turns out you know Mary Jane's not even the target it's you know her friend who was married to the black tarantula I was like oh okay well that's 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 better. Like I was just kind of expecting, you know, like, oh, of course, well, the, you know, of course they're after Mary Jane. It's a Spider-Man book. I did like this. I'm kind of curious, like, what happens prior to it, and like, what happens after it. Well, I, you already said, like, it's the big reboot, and I, I remember reading some of that, and I was just like, no, nah, I don't think so. And then Wizard kept tearing that stuff apart. I was just like, yeah, I don't. I think I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. take a little break like from Spider-Man. I've always championed the era like right after the Clone Saga, but before the Mackie Burn reboot. And that it's probably like only a year and a half maybe of stories, but like there's some like really fun stuff. And it's like I was really heavily reading the books then. Like so like I mean, that's when, you know, Spidey had his like identity crisis and he, you know, he had the four like slingers identities and yeah, stuff. I, I read like, some of that. Yeah, there's there's some fun, crazy kooky stuff in there. And like, you know, uh, Norman Oz born buying like the daily bugle like he was like blackmailing jonah and he was like partially the owner of the daily bugle which i feel is like a prototype of the whole you know osborne head of shield and all that stuff like stuff but and, like uh, i i hadn't i had no idea that there was a second rose at all until i read this i was just yeah, like wait then, what yeah the, he you know jacob Conover, who was the second rose, was like a you know a long-standing like supporting cast member of Spider-Man, like probably for like uh, ten years before. I think Roger Stern created him. I don't know, but he was a reporter for the Daily Bugle, mm -hmm. and uh, like he was the one who wrote the like uh, you know the kid who collects Spider-Man article, like you know that that was oh. him. Okay. And uh, like, you know, he showed up from time to time, like over the years. And then like 
I, when the bugle like went, went through some like layoffs, like I think in the nineties, like he was like laid off from the bugle. So then like, you know, DeFalco started like building up like a sort of like backstory where he was like some like in with the mob and stuff. And that's why like, it, Oh, it turns out like, you know, he's the the new Rose, but I so mean, like, it, it didn't. Oh God. He, so like Conover was like sitting in his chair one night. And then someone threw a rose through his window, and he was like, "Yes, father, I will become a most excellent rose." <laughs> yes, that's exactly his origin. Yep. No, it's like Don Don Fortunato it was like the big like I think Kingpin was like in Japan at this time or something. Like he was like ruling like J- the Yakuza or something, and so like he New was, York's like yeah, because I think I think he was in like the he returned in like some X Men comics after the fall of kingpin so i think that yeah so like yeah new york like needed like new crime bosses and stuff so everyone was like creating new crime bosses and i think like i i forgot if it was Mackie or defalco but they they created yeah like don uh fortunato and like he you know he had his son uh jimmy six who was like ben riley's like friend or whatever and like uh they 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 had a you know he Don Fortunato has shown up a couple times like over the years since then but like I mean he's kind of faded into obscurity and I think it was like the Amazing Spider-Man minus issue like DeFalco seeded like a sort of backstory between him and like Jacob Conover so that's why you know it's revealed that like oh he gave him he gave him a job in organized crime basically like he you know you're the new Rose here you go like you know. Here's the purple mask. But uh, Jacob Conover Rose has, like, never shown up again after this issue, I don't think so. Hmm. And, I mean, like, they, I think they just brought Richard Fisk back. Yep. So, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I, I, he probably won't show up again unless it's to get, like, horribly murdered by Richard Fisk because, you what, know. What if they do a story and it's, like, you know, Rose 1 versus Rose 2 and I call it War of the Roses? yeah. They did kind of do something like that in like the ni- the early nineties. They had like the Blood Rose or whatever. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Wasn't he the yeah. Rose that had all like the the machine guns and shit and stuff? Yeah, because it was the the mid nineties. Yeah, or the yeah. early nineties. Yeah, but no, they you know they haven't done anything like it was an like I, if you had read all the like material that led to this it was it was you know it was a kind of a nice reveal like i had already figured it out because like there was no one who the wrote the new rose could be other than conover in the book so like i don't know like after like okay they, they unmask him and then like that's the end like spidey webs him up and that's the end of him basically like i said they they've never brought him back again so like i mean it's kind of a dead end Maybe he was that like that one unlucky guy who got convicted and never escaped or anything. Yeah, right. He must be in prison now. Yeah, with a bunch of tattoos and a boyfriend or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Defalco at least. I mean, like, I, I'm very disappointed where the Black Tarantula went, like in Brubaker's run and Daredevil. But like, you know, Defalco would you know use the Black Tarantula's son who shows up here as a little kid in spite. And it like it would turn out like and I guess this is what DeFalco always had planned is that the black tarantula isn't immortal. He just passes his powers on to his like the next in line like and like that person becomes the next like black tarantula. So like his son was the black tarantula and spider girl. And like he was kind of like a like it was kind of if like Mayday was like Buffy, he was kind of like an angel type like like, yeah. it sounds kind of like a, the darkness, right? 
Isn't yeah. that his power too? What? Isn't that the power of the darkness? You know, like he passes his power on to his, you know, descendants and they Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's something like that. But but yeah, like he was kind of like a like protagonist slash I mean an antagonist slash possible like love interest for Mayday for a while, like in Spider Girls. Like so that would that was kind of cool. But I mean and and you know, he was still like a friggin' badass in Spider Girl. Like I mean he did some cool things in the Daredevil run, but I mean, like I said, he just felt like a totally different character there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at, at least they like I like I Derek said. I mean, I think he has an awesome design. Like I love the friggin' the friggin' spider mask. Like I that my avatar. Like I think that's an awesome mask. I think they yeah. they stole they stole that though from um. It was one of the concept art, like, I remember some, like, Marvel, like, special had a bunch of, like, concept art for, the, like, the original, like, Scarlet Spider costume, and one of them was, like, he had a spider on his mask, so I feel like they just, like, ripped that off for the Black Tarantula, because it was too cool of a design to go unused, but, yeah, but, I, I mean, I, he looks awesome, like, I kind of wish, like, he, you know, someone would something else with him but like this is this is the end of him being cool at least in the the main continuity for me so but i i i, I thought you know i i this was a big deal for me just because i you know the last time he showed up like was in that spider hunt crossover where everyone was there was like a bounty on spider-man's head and like he shows up he makes his debut he kicks the crap out of spider-man and he rips off peter's mask and he's like, you know, I'm going to give this mask to, like, you know, all the crime lords and, like, but I'll let you, like, crawl away. or Like, you know, it was like, he, he stole the a luchador thing, like he stole Spider-Man's mask or something. So, like, he's almost, he's you know, I, I think I mentioned it, but he's almost like Spider-Man's Bane, almost. Like, he's mm -hmm. like, you know, from South America, he's like a, you know, super strong guy, like. You know, he broke the spider and like stole his mask or whatever. But yeah, it's like he's got a lot of he's got a lot of I don't know uh, mythos type stuff from various like it's like if you took like Black Panther and combined it with like Bane and combined it with you know the Juggernaut and combined you know what I mean like if you if you take all those visceral like things but it's all wrapped up in this new guy and and it kind of makes him his own you know I I feel like he's you, you don't necessarily think to yourself oh this guy's a knockoff of character X you know what I mean like you just kind of go oh damn like this is a pretty you know pretty cool looking character and you know I don't know and you know, that's, and you know like, it it's it's like sort of a little thing, but what also sells his threat to me is that like Spider-Man had to like break out like Ben Riley's like stingers and impact webbing in this fight. So like, and he hadn't done that before, like this point where like, I was, I was always kind of like, why doesn't he use like Ben's gimmicks anymore? I mean, he might as well, like they were good gimmicks, like, and like, you know, he says like, oh, I had to use, you know, the stingers and the impact webbing. Cause like this guy's super tough. So, like, I mean, that was a little thing that, like, made me go, oh, wow, like, he must be really strong. And Peter's, like, dusting off all the Scarlet Spider gimmicks or whatever. But, you know, you know, I mean, Tom 
my favorite Spider-Man writer, but I mean, he still turns in some solid stuff. And I mean, this is this obviously made my list for a reason. So like, you know, that's why I, I was happy to bring it along. Yeah. yeah. I'm Mr. Fix-It, and this here is my consigliere, Diablo Frank. The Lion's Cogliostro. Same difference. Spawn is one of the most successful comic properties of all time, with best-selling books, animated series, toy lines, and etc. That's stinky movie, all the lawsuits over who has what rights. Don't be a comedian, Frank. We got business to handle. We're here to pimp out our new show, Spawn Talk, about Todd McFarlane's cursed anti-hero on his fight against the forces of heaven and hell in a doomed quest to be reunited with his beloved wife, Wanda. No, the show is called The Spawnometer, named after the countdown clock on Al Sims' Hellspawn supernatural power and undead lifespan. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And the gimmick is we're covering one issue of the comic per episode in 22 minutes or less, one minute for each page the comic runs. Then we'll briefly look at another Image Comics creator or series in roughly chronological order, reflecting a quarter century of creators' rights opportunities at the greatest publisher in the industry. Then we're going to dump a letter section and some ads at the end of the show, just like Image Comics does. New shows will appear on the Rolled Spine podcast feed through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Shout Engine, and the Internet Archives. Until we immediately start blowing our deadlines, just like Image Comics. Shut up. Why do you got to be such a wise guy? That's why you got no friends. All right. Well, I guess that wraps things up for tonight. If you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns... You can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of comics, motherfucker, do you read them? You can find them over on the fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes from there. Or if you want, we can be found on Apple Podcasts. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm trapped in a funhouse mirror, and I look wacky, or maybe that's just how I really look. Maybe I look hot and super cool in the funhouse mirror. But whatever. Signing off. Signing off, dogs. This is Justin signing off. Looking very blatant.
apparently I was like looking, has the black tarantula shown up like since uh what do you call Brubaker's run? And apparently he made a cameo during Spencer's run, but I must have missed it. He's probably just like Dios Mios in a panel or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it, I guess it was that story where Craven, like, Justin, you remember that story in Spencer's run where Craven <laughs> made all the, like, animal-themed, like, villains, like, run around? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, I was looking to see if Black Tarantula had shown up again, and I guess he has a cameo in that, but so, like, I guess I he got punk. Yeah, I don't remember I, him being there. Yeah, me neither. Like, I guess that means he got, like, punked off panel by, like, Craven the Hunter or something, so, mm. but... Meh, meh, I say. 